Welcome to Embrace Live Thrive, a podcast to encourage women that depression and anxiety are not normal parts of motherhood. To realize that taking care of yourself is important and you, mom, are worthy of care, and that is the best way to care for your family. Join me as we talk through issues in mental, social, nutritional, physical health, and so much more. Now is the time to start talking and admit that motherhood is the hardest thing we have ever done, but also the most rewarding. I hope you were able to listen as I tell you that it is okay to not be okay, but what is not okay is to stay there. I hope to equip you with tools, tips, resources to help get you through some of life's most exhausting moments. And at the end of the day, realize that you are the best mom out there for your family. Hey guys, it's Dr. Sarah Meyer, and today's interview is chock full of helpful hints to help keep us on track as we head into this crazy holiday season. Laura Mullen is a nutritional professional who works out of Crossroads Family Chiropractic, and she comes on the podcast and helps talks us through strategies from Halloween candy to food at all of those family gatherings and how to avoid overindulging on those high calorie drinks at all of those open bars at the holiday events. Laura is so encouraging and reminds us success is not synonymous with perfectionism. It's more about perseverance and resilience for the long game. This episode is a must listen. Please continue to like and share and spread Embrace Live Thrive's mission. Here's Laura. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. I am just thrilled for this conversation. I think you guys are going to get so much benefit from it. It's a little different in the sense that I had very targeted questions with a very targeted purpose. So Laura was in for it from the very start because I gave her some tough ones to start with. So we are going to kind of talk through holidays and managing eating and mindset and all those kind of things. So I am going to have Laura just kind of go right ahead, introduce herself, and we're going to jump right in to this really, really fun topic. (laughs) All right, Sarah, thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Laura Mullen, and I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. And when I was 14 years old, I learned firsthand the undeniable link between proper nutrition and optimal health as I watched my own body transform and Mm -hmm. lost about 45 pounds in just a matter of months before starting high school. And that's really what for me, made it click in realizing there's a connection between what I'm feeding my body and how I'm feeling and how I'm looking. Um, So from that time, I started to read everything that I could about nutrition and just learn on my own and implement what I was learning and Mm -hmm. developed a passion for cooking through Mm -hmm. that. And that's what made me decide to go on and study nutrition later on in school too. That's incredible. So what what was that changing moment in your mind? that caused you to realize that you needed to make a switch because that's a big deal at 14 yeah and that's a lot of weight yes between 14 and 15 16 right yeah um it was really unfortunately out of a place of just kind of self-disgust and um, insecurity being in middle school is hard enough for anybody Uh but i was at a point of just you know being an eighth grade girl looking around and realizing i was so much larger than a lot of my classmates and realizing that i was turning down invitations from friends who love me regardless of my size to go out and hang out. And I just didn't want to be in the public eye at all because I felt so self-conscious about, well, what would I wear? What will I, you know, Mm -hmm. look like to other people? And so I kind of hit what I call my breaking point. I remember just vividly crying on my parents' bed and Uh um, feeling so afraid that if I didn't change myself, Mm -hmm. I would 
never be seen as lovable. I would never get married and I'd end up alone for the rest of my life was my reality, you know, at 14 years old. So from that point, I decided I was going to start walking every day after school. I would walk three miles when I got home, just started changing up some of the things I ate. So I went from eating toaster strudels and Pop-Tarts and all of that kind of refined junk food that I was raised on. Started packing my own lunch, which at first involved peanut butter and jelly and pretzels and low fat yogurt. Um, special K or slim fast for breakfast, uh-huh. which now I laugh at thinking that that was like the best I could do for myself. But it's what you knew at the time. Yep. Yeah. And it did. It all had an effect to, you know, get me closer to the goal. And as I kept learning, I kept refining what I was eating. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I've landed in a lot more balanced spot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it totally opened my eyes to see the connection between food and, and health. Okay. It obviously started from a place of negativity. Absolutely. <laughs> How long did it take you to shift from that negative mindset of mm-hmm. it being about like, I have to do this so I fit in or I like myself better until you were able to kind of transition and realize that you're doing this because you love yourself mm-hmm. and want to be a healthier version of you and you're not trying to people please. Yeah. It's, I'll say it's an ongoing journey, Okay, but it is, at first, I think I was so motivated by the progress. I saw a lot of quick progress because I had had extra weight to lose and I was putting in the effort. So at first it just became like, this is exciting, you know, calculating if I lost this amount of pounds this week, how much could I lose next week? How much could I be down by a month from now? And so I think the excitement and the progress kept me going at first. And then I kind of hit the point where I was like, okay, this, this was my goal. You know, I was down 45 pounds, felt like I looked good. I was wearing clothes that I wanted, starting to get more attention Mm -hmm. from boys and other people and just realizing I was where I wanted to be. But at the same time, whether I realized it in the moment or not, I can look back and say, yeah, that probably wasn't beneficial to me because what it did was reinforce the mindset that I have to maintain this body size to be likable by others. Um, So I'd say it was probably even towards the end of high school, like my junior year, I got connected with a few resources that really helped me combine my faith Uh with my newfound love for nutrition and health Um, and just wanting to help other people learn what I have learned, but also knowing there's a lot of obsession that can happen in that space of pursuing health goals. Yeah. Um, And I was deep into that. Thankfully, I didn't, you know, go to the extreme of, you know, having an eating disorder, I was pursuing good habits, but the mindset behind it was not productive from the outset. And I feel like those years in particular, that transition from middle school into high school is just brutal Mm -hmm. mindset wise anyway, and can set girls up so much for, I have to be like this, right? People won't like me, which, you know, you kind of talked a little bit about that. Um, so I love that you were able to come out of that mm-hmm. still during that time because sometimes it takes women yeah. many, many years to make that transition of finally realizing, like, I'm doing this because I love myself and I want mm-hmm. to treat myself better, not because I feel like I have to do this for other people. Right. And that's a very, very tough tough mindset Yeah. to get to, mm-hmm. you know, and we all have our own journey on how to get there. Yeah. But that's, wow, that's a beautiful conversation of your own journey. Thank you. Yeah. Let's transition into talking about the holidays. So we're getting ready to head into the holiday season. And on a good day, trying to maintain a healthy diet is difficult. But now we're going to have candy and foods and drinks and all the things. What are some common pitfalls that you have seen 
in your experience that cause women or people to stumble? Yeah, half the battle, I'd say most, more than half the battle is the mindset mm -hmm. behind the habits. And the holiday season just kind of like moves in on us like this dark rain cloud, like we know it's coming and we start to like almost get fearful of mm -hmm. it or intimidated by it before it shows up as much as we love the holidays and all the family yeah. togetherness that comes with it. We know there's going to be temptations that we're not normally yeah. faced with on the dinner table. We're bringing things into work and it seems to just compound on itself. It you know, it starts it with really does. Halloween and then you're like down that slippery slope of, mm -hmm. well, I guess I've already been eating candy. So I guess it doesn't matter if I have a mm -hmm. donut or five, you know, at the right. work party or right. whatever it is. And it just spirals until the point we feel out of control and just defeated. Mm -hmm. And we kind of get into that place of, uh, well, the new year is going to roll around and then we'll, I'll we'll be just get back on it. Yeah. To get back on the horse at that point. So just not going to worry about it until mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. You guys heard the biggest thing as we head into these next few months of holidays is mindset. You, and we'll talk through more of this, being prepared and being focused and being realistic not that you can't have any candy or any yeah. whatever but being realistic and setting achievable goals during this time is going to be super important let's talk first about halloween candy because that's coming up in a hot minute what mm -hmm. are strategies or things you might recommend to help us manage halloween candy in our household yeah i when you asked me this question it made me think of what I used to do with a lot of my uh -huh. Halloween candy as a kid. First, I like to get home, dump it all out, and sort it. Oh, absolutely. That's what you had to take inventory. Absolutely. First of all. 100%. Um, but then I would separate the ones that I really enjoyed. It was like my <laughs> Almond Joys or the Mounds or Reese's, usually all the chocolate stuff. Uh -huh. I'd save my favorites and then try and decide what I would be willing to part with because my dentist, growing up, he would pay his pediatric patients I in $2 bills that. for each pound of candy, I would get a $2 bill from him. Absolutely love that. Yeah. And so it saved him work because, you know, we yeah. weren't getting all the cavities coming in, but it was a good way for me to, from that early age, have to decide mm -hmm. what's really worth it and what, what could I not have mm -hmm. and be okay with. So I'd say that's maybe one of my first suggestions is look for opportunities like that. If you're a parent, maybe you want to be that dentist in your kid's life to buy back the candy from yeah. them and teach them to uh, get to prioritize what's their favorite and what mm -hmm. they might not need. But in general, for the stuff that you're going to keep, your favorites, you want to have it. There's a huge difference between having one piece of candy mm -hmm. each night of the week over the course of a week or having seven all at one time right. is going to affect your body a lot differently in the long run. Absolutely. And that I've heard other moms do this and it inspired me last year is, you know, have them go through, pick some of their favorites, but I mean, no one needs pounds and pounds of candy and yeah. the more children you have, the more that compounds. Like yeah. it's insane. Sometimes if you do this trunk or treat and then you do this trick or treating mm -hmm. thing and that trunk or treat, you end up with just more than you need, yeah. more than is necessary. And so I love the idea of having them go through, pick some of their favorites, and do a buyback. Great way of doing that positive spin. And they still get to do the events. They still get yes. to sort through it. They still get to pick some to keep. Right. But you're not keeping five pounds of candy mm -hmm. that you, let's be realistic, you are the one that ends up in more than they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so to fantastic. That, to that matter, I think it's helpful too when you do set aside the portion that you want to keep, put it somewhere where it's not going to be staring you straight in the face uh -huh. because 
if it's sitting on the counter and you pass by it, of course you're going to reach your hand and grab something. And the little fun size, you know, Snickers seems harmless. It does. But when you have four, then you're like, oh, that was more than I needed. A little less harmless. (laughs) Yeah. So if you can store it, like if it's chocolate, it's really great kept in the fridge or the Uh freezer or the pantry. But maybe put it in a container that's not like a clear Ziploc bag that stares you in the face every time you open the pantry. But if you can put it in something that you don't see all the shiny wrappers uh-huh. kind of lighten your brain up every time you just look at them. Yeah. Then you'll think about it and be like, oh, I had dinner. A piece of candy sounds nice. And you'll have it because you genuinely want it, uh-huh. not because... It's just sitting there. You just looked at it. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't even realize you wanted it until you saw it. Yeah. Imp- impulse is a big thing. And oh, we know yeah. that in all areas, but especially when it comes to chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or other favorite candies. Right. Those are some excellent recommendations. Let's transition into the next big thing as far as holidays go, is family gatherings. Mm -hmm. So we've got Thanksgiving, we've got Christmas, we've got the other holidays as well, where you go and there's just food galore. Yeah. What can we do as far as mindset or recommendations to help prepare ourselves for those events that are obviously not missable? Yeah. But how do we still go in with a strategy and a plan for success? Yeah, I think... If it's a family gathering, oftentimes you have the benefit knowing that person well enough that you can call ahead and see, you know, what they have. If you're not hosting, you know, Mm -hmm. um, calling and seeing what you can bring, but trying to figure out what exactly is on the menu. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's going to be a meat form of protein or usually there's a veggie tray or a fruit Mm -hmm. tray, if there's going to be a salad, knowing if it'll be pre-dressed or maybe you could bring your own salad dressing or whatever it is. There's a lot of options to offer to contribute to that meal Mm -hmm. and know that you yourself will be providing options there that Mm -hmm. you can consider safe, you know, or fill up on and not feel guilty about, you know, blowing all your health goals just from that one meal rather than getting there and being like, everything is doused in yeah. gravy or whatever it is. Right. And I love gravy myself. (laughs) We're not not anti-gravy. Not at all. (laughs) You can balance that with things Mm -hmm. that you know won't make you feel like you just ate a brick at the end of the meal Yeah, would be good. I think another really good thing that helped in the past for us is portion control. So going in with the mindset like, okay, these are my favorite things that I only get once a year. So I'm not going to deprive myself. I'm not going to not have them. But let's be realistic about portion size. So Mm -hmm. most of the time, a portion size is a fourth of a cup or Mm -hmm. half a cup, depending on what we're talking about. And when you add all of that onto your plate, that's plenty food. Right. You know, so some strategies can be just making sure like, yes, I'm going to take a taste of everything. Or I'm going to take where I have three bites of everything. You're still getting your holiday favorites, but you're not going to be so uncomfortable and super bloated. Mm -hmm. Another thing that my husband and I have found success being keto is we'll bring an alternative dessert yes. because there's n- generally nobody makes keto friendly dessert. So we will specifically bring over the holidays a dessert in particular. And we may bring other sides and stuff too that we know that we can share as well. But in particular, I always try and bring either a cookie or a cake or because you can find substitutes for everything now, yeah. or I should say almost everything. So we will still be successful because, you know, when you eat those meals, you still want a little something sweet and something special. Yeah. I always try and make sure that we're set up for success in that way that we still have something sweet to eat because that's not something that's easily modifiable. I'd say I'm go with the tasting method too. If Uh I can just know what everything is, it kind of loses its luster where you're like, it looks so good. And it usually is really good, but 
not to the point where you need like two double-sized portions of yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, some of it that I really like to encourage people when we t when I talk about nutrition with them is it's body awareness. So mm -hmm. what I mean by that is mm. re reflect on what do you feel like when you eat all of that food? Yeah. Not good. Like almost to the point where yeah. you're like, I can't drive home. You yeah, know? <laughs> you're miserable. You want to unbutton your clothes. Is that something you really want to do? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Yeah. And especially when you're trying to shift towards a healthy mindset, absolutely, I want a taste of this, mm -hmm. but do I need seconds or do I need an entire right. plate of it? Maybe not. Yeah. You know, and again, that's going to come with that mindset of preparing yourself mentally. I'm going to go into this holiday season different this year. Mm -hmm. And these are going to be my focus and my goals that I still partake, but I don't overindulge and then I'm miserable. Yeah. Not only am I miserable, for that day, I could be miserable for days as I'm right. trying to like work through all of that stuff that I ate. Yeah. And especially if you have a large family, you're having multiple events. Mm -hmm. So then you're just kind of filling in and then yes. you spend a week and a half of your life miserable because you're over full. Guys, as you're going into these holiday mm -hmm. events and these family events, you can be successful. Yeah. You can still participate. You can still have fun. Just, it just takes a shift, yeah. a shift of mind. One more thing I'll say to that, too, that has helped with the portion control aspect mm -hmm. that can really be applied to any social gathering mm -hmm. that involves food, not just the holidays. But if you eat something small before you go and mm -hmm. you don't show up Starving. ravenous mm -hmm. and ready to just, you know, chow down on everything that's there, it helps you. If there are options where you're like, ooh, that looks good, but I know it's not going to sit well with me, yeah. then you have the ability to, you know, politely say, yeah. you know, I did eat something, you know, and you don't really want to show up to Thanksgiving and say, I already ate. Right. That would be strange. Right. But in general, if you can, whether you make it known to your hostess yeah. or not, eat something small so you don't feel like your only option is it's to too. fill up on everything that's mm -hmm. there, which might be limited. Absolutely. Options. And we do that sometimes too. And not necessarily over the holidays, other events too, we might pre-eat. So that way, if it's pizza or if it's right. whatever the alternative is, we're not, you yeah. know, if you're going hungry to an event that you know doesn't have food mm -hmm. that you prefer to eat, you, you're going to be set up for failure. Yeah. You know, failure to plan is planning to a fail. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. It's not my quote. I don't know where I first heard it. <laughs> that <laughs> is perfect. That always sticks with me. Okay. Talk through the candy. We've talked to the, through the food. Let's talk through the other big thing around the holidays and it happens a lot with the different parties and holiday events we go to is what are things that you would recommend for like open bar type mm -hmm. events because it's when the drinks are free yeah. it's always super tempting to <laughs> right. overindulge what are strategies that we can have success there as well mm -hmm. yeah i would say kind of going back to mindset too before you get to the event have a conversation with yourself knowing, you know, like if you're going to go on a shopping spree, sometimes people will say, well, I'm only going to spend X number of dollars. If you can show up to the party and have in mind, I'm only going to have this number of drinks, yeah. having a goal in mind going in, even if you don't stick to it hard and fast, will benefit you more than just having no mm -hmm. goal at all. Right. Uh, but I'd say two practical things when just navigating an open bar situation mm -hmm. um, would be opt for the less sugary drinks as mm -hmm. much as possible. Yeah. Because so many of the holiday cocktails are just Chuck fruit juice combined with sugar. more fruit juice or Sprite. Yeah. Combined with the like flavored syrup that yeah. is high fructose corn syrup or artificial colors added to it. And it's really just, you know, to the point where you almost don't taste the alcohol in it, which is why it's so easy to drink several. Uh-huh. 
and it just really stresses out your body and your blood sugar levels and all of that. So if you can opt for something rather than a margarita, maybe mm-hmm. like a gin and tonic would be right. a better option or rather than Moscato, go for uh-huh. a Chardonnay or something like a drier wine. Uh-huh. Just making those little trade-offs. Yeah. Um, or even if it's like one for one, if you really love the sugary drinks, say, I'm going to have a margarita, but if I want another drink, it's going to have to be a something less sugary, that's less sugary. One. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing too that can really help is just because as soon as you start to drink, mm-hmm alcohol your liver has to go into mm-hmm. filtration mode into processing through that which stalls out your body's digestive process so if you're um, having a meal with your alcoholic beverage there's really not a whole lot of um, digestion or absorbing of the nutrients from your food that happens alongside that because the alcohol becomes the first priority for your liver to filter Fascinating. through yeah it makes sense. I don't think I knew that, but it does make sense. Yeah. So another reason to maybe either have modify. your drink yeah, yeah. on the front side, enjoy one, and then know the meal's coming up. Enjoy your meal and then wait probably at least 30 minutes if you can. Yeah. And have another drink on the back end. But separating it from the meal itself can do um, what some an good an things for excellent you. advice. I'm like, I'm like rolling through that. I'll have to think through that. That's a really good plan of, you know, drinking either your water or your tea or your yep. whatever beverage during the meal and then enjoy your alcohol before and after. Yeah. And really that's one great. thing I, I didn't mention, but you said it and it's so important. Kind of goes without saying, but water is super important. Yeah. Water between drinks really helps your liver. Helps, helps yeah, with the detox it. and process Absolutely. it a little bit faster. And if you know you're going to an event that will have an open bar, kind of taking it easy on your body earlier in the day. There's certain foods that are, you know, great for your liver. I don't know. Not many people are a fan of beets. I love beets, uh-huh. but beets are one of like the best foods you can eat to support your liver. Okay. So if people want to chow down on some beets earlier in the day, kind of set the Knowing liver that up you're for going success. into a little bit of a, yeah. a drinking moment. That's... But even just whole foods rather than saying, you know, don't have a heavy cheeseburger for lunch and a donut for breakfast and then go into the open bar and expect your body to handle it very well. What an excellent tip. To summarize, making sure that if you know you have a big event later in the day, kind of taking it easier on what you're eating, drinking more water, maybe the beets to help supplement. Also great tips in ways of preparing your body, knowing you're going to do a little bit more than what you normally do. Yeah. This has been fantastic. I love all the tips. Do you have any final thoughts as far as the holidays we get further into it and it becomes more and more fatiguing and get more stressed out by the time you get to Christmas, you're just like, whatever. Do you have any things specific talking about mental fatigue? Try and stay on top of that fatigue to where we don't get to that point where we just throw in the towel and we're like, done is done and we'll start again yeah. later because a part of a healthy living is being able to figure out these stressful times mm-hmm. of the year and how to manage it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it doing our best to avoid the all or nothing mindset, which mm-hmm. is so easy to fall into. Mm-hmm. I kind of think of it as that visual of, you know, we're on this narrow road trying to walk out our our health journey well Mm -hmm. and on either side is the ditch that we can fall into on one side we'll swerve and we'll fall into the everything is permissible you know like Mm -hmm. I can eat whatever I want it doesn't matter I'll focus on it later just have no rules for ourselves Mm -hmm. and on the other side we swerve and fall into the ditch of I'm not going to make any exceptions for myself I have to be perfect to be successful right and we fall into that legalism but what I have come to strive for in my own health journey is just walking that middle ground between Mm -hmm 
the legalism and trampling on grace, you know, giving yeah. ourselves too much freedom yeah. to have whatever we want. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians that has mm-hmm. really become a guidepost for me in mm-hmm. my health journey. Um, it's 1 Corinthians 6.12, and it says, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Ooh, um, that's a good one. Yeah, and that just keeps me so grounded in knowing mm-hmm. I don't have to make anything off limits. Mm-hmm. And usually when, in the past, when I have tried to say, I can't have this, I can't have this, I can't have this, putting those rules and hard parameters mm-hmm. on things is what makes me feel like a rubber band waiting to snap back. Uh-huh. And I might be able to sustain those, you know, strict dietary rules I set for myself mm-hmm. for a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm. But then when I get to the point where either the diet's over or I'm in a situation where I have a moment of weakness, I don't practice good self-control because right. I haven't had it for so long. Yeah, You kind of make it an idol in your own mind from abstaining from it in a way. Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, it's good to remember that there are certain things that won't serve you. And so you don't want to just throw caution to the wind and eat whatever you want carelessly, remembering that I want to eat the things that are going to fuel my body so that I can continue yeah. to be about the work that I want to do because I'm not going to be my best self or able to care for other people if I'm not paying attention to mm-hmm. the way that I'm fueling my body, which feeds into yeah. how I'm fueling my mind and my spirit too. Like we're so interconnected. So yeah. trying to just get our mindset shifted from, you know, so consumer based to like, this is what I want. This is mm-hmm. what I want to have. And we put too much uh, emphasis on the food when really it's about our ourselves and taking care of our, mm-hmm. our temples and, how am I going to be able to walk out, you know, and function? Food is for our, our fuel and Absolutely. our function. Yes, it's for enjoyment, but we focus way too much on the enjoyment, what I want, what I need, mm-hmm. what I get. I, at one point when I was at my peak weight, I was in that mentality of I'm living to eat. So it's always about what yes. I'm going to eat next. What am I going to do? What I'm hungry? What's my snack? Mm-hmm. What's my whatever? And so when we kind of, my husband and I made this shift to keto and healthy diet, it really shifted that mindset of living to eat to eat to live yeah absolutely you know so that it then becomes okay eating is a part of who i am and obviously it has to be plan healthy meals fuel my body in ways that i'm living my best life and supporting my body the best that i can yeah and it really it was such a mind shift but such a good mind shift it's been one of the most beneficial things Mm -hmm. as far as that goes and kind of going back to that all or none mentality i think we also, over these holidays, you need to offer yourself compassion. Yeah. Because there may be days that you get to an event and you just kind of choose to maybe not make the best decisions. Right. That's okay. It's still a choice, though. It's yeah. okay. You made that choice. The next day, you can choose yeah. to get back on track. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, okay, well, I screwed up today. I might as well spend the next month and a half doing whatever I want. Yeah. You know, or... Two weeks or one week it can be like okay i'm gonna just drink more water today maybe have me some beets to kind of right. help that liver <laughs> and get back on track it doesn't yes. one day doesn't have to ruin an entire month or an entire season or holiday yeah. of trying to maintain that healthy lifestyle yeah no, i love that sarah and i think that that's the key is to not be so rigid mm-hmm. you know and to almost redefine what success looks like for mm-hmm. ourselves is success is not synonymous with perfectionism right as much as i you know tell myself that it is or fall into that Mm -hmm. mental trap success is more about the resilience and the perseverance for the long game and you think about a professional athlete like 
how many shots or free throws have they missed along their way of honing their skill? Yeah. Um, and if they gave up after one missed shot, they would never be where they are. Yeah. And they still miss shots. And they're successful because they don't give up, back off on mm-hmm. their intensity when they miss a shot. They keep going and they keep themselves in the game and yeah. they know that they missed one, but they're ready to get the next one. Yeah. And going off of your athlete reference, healthy lifestyle is a skill. Mm-hmm. It's a learned skill. And one of my favorite quotes, I, again, I don't know who it is, but it's a great quote. Amateurs practice until they get it right. Professionals practice until they can't get it wrong. Yeah. You know, so That's it's just so that good. mentality of, okay, I did it, I did it, I did it, I got it right, but we're going to keep doing it. We're going to mm-hmm. keep doing it until we can't get it wrong or we miss a shot and then we get right back up and keep doing it again with the yeah. same intensity. Fan fantastic conversation. I think this is going to be so much benefit to people as they're getting ready to head into a a difficult time of year, a fun time of year, a a great time of year, but still from a health perspective, it can be a very difficult time Mm -hmm. of year because our our demands on our time are different, demands on our food, demands on everything is very different. So just going in with a healthy mindset, I think is so important and a realistic mindset. Yeah. As much as anything, too, because it, it is it's just a whole shift of perspective. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. We're going to kind of transition into some of my favorite questions, mm-hmm. which can be hard to, to reflect, but I think they're so important. So we'll start with the most difficult one first. Looking back on your childhood, what is something that you would remember maybe more negatively that you might do differently as mm-hmm. an adult? Mm-hmm. I would say something that I just remember negatively would be clothes shopping mm-hmm. or specifically like pants shopping. I just have so many memories of moments of frustration and tears and insecurity that take place in the dressing room. You yeah. know, trying to find pants that fit and being told, you know, you need to shop in the, the Mrs. department because they don't carry your size in the junior department. That right. was hard to hear as a 13 year old girl and just feeling like it's not fair, you know, that this is my situation. But I think I wish I would not have spent so much time reinforcing that mindset that my worth is tied to my appearance Mm -hmm. because it's not, you know, there were absolutely areas in my health that needed to be improved. And I'm glad that I've, you know, begun on that journey and I'm still going to continue that most of my life. But I wish I could say that my health journey didn't start out of that place of self-disgust and just negativity. And that's really, you know, the Lord has used that negative experience in my life to bring himself glory and to propel me in my passion for helping other people so that they don't start their health journey Mm -hmm. in that mindset and that it's not about obsessing over the numbers or appearance or just outward goals, but really focusing on the mindset, the heart set and finding joy in the process process because there's so so much joy to be had when you learn to um, just partner with your body and the way that it the miracle that it is the way that it Mm -hmm. um, runs is amazing yeah when you eat better you feel better you think better yeah you know and and sometimes it's hard to know where to start but even just making teeny tiny steps drinking more water taking out some of the processed food things like that can go so far in helping that cycle Mm -hmm. get started Absolutely. Yeah. Great. What is one thing, we'll do the more fun question now. What is one thing you look back and remember favorably as a child? Just in general? Yeah, just um, in general. I would say singing. I've, I've always loved singing. Uh-huh. Um, 
but I used to get in trouble for taking showers that were way too long. Oh god. Because I would sing in the shower because it had the best reverberation. Like oh, I felt that's like hilarious. I sounded so much better in the shower. That is hysterical. Um, so I think it was in a time in my life where I didn't feel very beautiful. Uh-huh. I was encouraged that I was told that I had a, a beautiful voice. Uh-huh. And that was something that made me feel more confident mm-hmm. and I just felt the most free when I could be singing and it wasn't really until I got to high school that I ever mustered up the courage to sing like know, sing in front of actually people in front as, of people besides the shower yeah <laughs> um so now it's something that I do you know more with my church and with gotcha. other things yeah even before that just as a young girl I was like the aspiring pop star within me it felt like she could filled be herself. your cup to yeah. just Sing, right? I love it. Let's go to the last question. What is your favorite form of self care? Mm, that is a good question. Mm-hmm. I'd say I have a few favorite forms, okay. but probably my favorite because I'm just I'm an extrovert. I love people, and I've realized that it fills my cup just to be around people mm-hmm. that I love is being active with my friends. So I play a lot of volleyball during mm-hmm. the week, just kind Fun. of casual pickup volleyball. I've gotten into basketball and ultimate frisbee. Oh gosh, so but funny! Anytime that I can disguise cardio as fellowship. Oh it's gosh, a win. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because you, you you have the benefits. Pro tip. <laughs> yeah, you have the benefits of exercise, like releasing those endorphins uh-huh. in your brain. They make you feel good. Um, but I know I'm I'm getting a workout in, but I'm not so You're focused doing it in on, a fun manner. Yeah, yeah. the calorie burning or whatever it would uh-huh. be because I just feel like I'm hanging out with my friends yeah and if you put a ball in the mix you're like oh this is an exercise this is a game this is so, just playing we're just playing yeah oh I love that well what's another form you said yeah. you have several right so that's I'd say my favorite form with other people but I uh-huh. also realize there's I get to those moments that I uh definitely need to take time to be with mm-hmm. myself and with the Lord so getting up early and taking walks mm-hmm. when it's you know, no phone, no headphones, just yeah. me, the Lord, and the birds singing. Being still. Yeah, is my favorite way. You know, it's still moving my body, but yeah. it's just... Mentally. Yeah, helps yeah. me prepare for the day. Even if I'm mm-hmm. not, like, actively praying in that moment, it's just enough for me to kind of get through the mental haze so that I can get home and be present for prayer yes. time with the Lord. Yeah, I love both of them so much. Take a second, Laura, and tell us what are the best ways if people want to look you up, find you, ask you questions, or just reach out to you for from a professional perspective. Yeah, technology is not my forte. So <laughs> I am in the process of uh, getting my website up and going. Okay. So I can let you know when that is available, but it's, it's yeah. not up yet. Okay. Um, but I have my office. I practice out of Crossroads Family Chiropractic. Okay in Creve Corps. Okay. So our website there is www.crossroads-stl.com. Um, but yeah, if you look up Crossroads Family Chiropractic on Google, you go to our website uh-huh. um, and you'll find me listed as a practitioner there. Perfect. Um, people can reach out to me that way if they're interested in okay. scheduling a consultation. But all of that in the show notes. So you guys can just hop right on and find her and ask her questions and look up all of her amazing tips and, and helpful hints. Thank you so much. This has been Absolutely. great. You have a great day. Thanks for listening. And guys, I appreciate it.